Vintage Sand. Hello, hello, Vintage Sand fans. It's Josh Cabot. Uh, returning, as promised, a couple of weeks after the release of Part 1 of Episode 33, uh, No Small Parts, with the conclusion of said episode, which features our most beloved performances uh, that have been overlooked and underloved by supporting actors over the years. Um, looking forward to the conclusion of this one. I can tell you that, uh, there may be some surprises at number two and number one for the three of us. And I can also tell you that just about everyone we mention in the necrology at the end is probably still dead. So, uh, not that much drama in this one, but I thank you guys for hanging in there. Uh, looking forward to the finish of this one. And as I mentioned... Uh, which we'll be recording at the end of next week, uh, episode 34, will be No Small Parts, our uh, feature on our favorite performances by supporting actresses. So, thanks for coming back. Kick back. Episode 33B, the second half of episode 33, No Small Parts, our favorite performances overlooked and underloved by supporting actors. Enjoy. All right, Mikey, we're, we're, right. we're climbing the heights up to number two. Ooh, okay, my number two is Robert Ryan uh, in The Wild Bunch. Now, thank a you. little history of me and Robert Ryan. I, uh, is I, your father? I, 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 <laughs> you heard it first, folks. I'm going to say... <laughs> I a wish Darth Vader-style revelation. I there, wish yeah. he were, because to me, he's... He's the ideal person, in my opinion. Uh, everything about him is... Uh, yeah, I, I, I know where you're going, and yeah. I agree. <laughs> yeah, he's just the super good person. And he played villains for most of his film uh, work, because I guess of the look he had. Uh, his only Oscar nomination is for Crossfire. Which is a great film. Which is a great film, and he's very good in it, supporting, but there were tons of things he should have been up for, including this film. Now, I'd already seen him in movies uh, by the time I was 14. Uh, I'd seen him in The Professionals and uh, Billy Budd. And the Dirty Dozen. Oh, God, he's great in Billy Budd. He plays Claggart in Claggart. Oh, God, he's so great in Billy Budd. He's great in it. And The Dirty Dozen, which is not a great movie, but he's... I, I'd never seen him give a bad before. Ever? No, no, no. no He's no, a great no. actor. Anyway, I saw him on stage in a revival of The Front Page, and he played Walter Burns. It was an all-star revival, and this was one of, one of two plays that really got me interested in theater. Wow. It just changed me. It's just like, oh my God, this is great. You were too? I was 14. <laughs> I was too at the time. <laughs> I was 14. And I just, I, I loved this play and I loved him in it. And everybody, uh, Peggy Cass was in it. Helen Hayes played the mother in law. And um, the, the Bird Convy of all people played uh, Hildy Johnson. And he was good. Wow. Bird Convy is good. That's saying. He something. was good. Who uh, directed it? Do you remember? I don't remember. But it was a uh, fact checker. IBDB. So why uh, why the why the Wild Bunch? Okay, that was the parts. first. Yeah. I saw it in the spring, the play in the spring, and then the Wild Bunch. So it was sixty nine. Came out yes. in sixty nine, same year, and I thought, okay, I really don't think this is my kind of movie. It looks really overly violent, 
and blah, blah, blah. But I'm going to go see it anyway because I want to see Robert Ryan. And, and John and I disagree because he's not as big a fan of the movie as I am. But that movie, I think, changed my movie-going life. I love that movie so much, The Wild Bunch. And really? I don't know why. Because you're not an ultraviolence no, guy. No, I'm not. But I think that movie is really one of the most moralistic movies ever made. And, and he's got the most interesting part. Yes, yes, and I watched it the other night for the 117th time. I even have a poster up for The Wild Bunch. It's the, my only film poster that I'm not in. But <laughs> that's a big clue, folks. Yes, <laughs> I'm not in the wild bunch, alas. <laughs> but um, um, were you one of the kids playing with scorpions? <laughs> I wish I had. Been. He was third scorpion. Yes. <laughs> I wish I had been. Nope, nope, nope. Typecasting. Yeah. Anyway, um, well, uh, Robert Ryan plays Deke Thornton, a former member of this rowdy, rowdy bunch. And he's only got, in the film, about 20 lines. Right. He doesn't have a lot to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I swear to God, he says everything with his face. Yep. With his eyes. He he says, um, you know, his hatred of the person uh, who's the banker or the, the railroad person. He, he, he has uh, 30 days to get the wild bunch to kill them all, or 30 days he goes back to Yuma. Right. And we see in a flashback him getting uh, whipped. And it's just it's it's just a wonderful performance in a film full of wonderful performances. I happen to love everybody in this movie. And again, in a film that's known for Except its... Except for Edmund O'Brien. I like Edmund O'Brien. I like Edmund O'Brien, too. Me, too. I think he's... I didn't... When I saw the film mm, the first time... I didn't even know he was in it. A little it. cartoony hammy. I didn't realize he was in it until the final scene. And I looked at, oh my God, that's Edmund O'Brien. I, I kept wondering, because I saw his name on the credits, and I says, where's Edmund O'Brien? Well, in yeah, and in a film that's known for one of the great action films of yeah. all time, that he, that again, we, we, still, we seem to be coming back today to the idea of stillness. Yes, and the very last scene. Strong presence. It's, yeah. yeah. And the very last scene where Edmund O'Brien, who's the uh, only survivor, <clears throat> of the bunch and Robert Ryan they meet up and you know Ryan doesn't have to go back and they decide that they're going to form a, a posse with some uh, some of the good Mexicans the ones who are on the side of um, against the uh, other group I'm, I'm, I'm trying to remember who winds up killing the bunch right it, to me it's just such a moral people moral film about Amoral people. Amoral people. And I, 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 and it's the only Peck and Palm movie I really, really like. I do like um, Junior Bonner. Yes, that's a pretty. Good I'm kind of with you on that. And and Brian died not a few years after <gasps> he made the. That's Ryan. the other thing. Yeah. Yes, once again, this is '69. He made about four or five other films, and he died in uh, 1973 of lung cancer. Huh. And his last film, uh, which was released posthumously after his death, was as Larry Slade. And the Iceman cometh, yeah. and it's yep. heartbreaking huh. to watch it. Jeff Bridges said he learned more from acting with Robert Ryan than he ever did with anyone else. Yeah, and you know the 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 Iceman coming is not a perfect film. It's it's a little claustrophobic, but I'm glad it was made because 
just not recording that, those performances. And not yeah. that yeah. many, yeah. that that many, um, you know, companies can do the Iceman Cometh. You know, right. it's over four hours. Right. Now, I'm 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 really happy though you chose Robert Ryan because he was sort of a neglected actor. He was really, absolutely. And was now lately, great, he was a great he was a great actor, mm-hmm. and and for whatever reason. He got sort of cast as the bad guy. Right. I mean, but he was willing to completely give over to that and give a good mm-hmm. performance. A lot of times you see actors, especially from that era, those people the bad guy, you see them sort of twirling their mustache. Yeah, yeah not, hamming up a little bit. Yeah, hamming up a little bit, or they're like they're not really fully committed to it because they're thinking, Oh well, you know, people won't like me, I don't want to be the bad guy kind of thing and He was even good in that horrible Jacqueline Suzanne film, The Love Machine. Oh, I never saw. Yeah, 1971. I After that, I would see anything. With yeah, he was always a real person. Yeah. And he was hilarious as uh, Walter Burns. And I, and, and, really? and as you said, he was a great person and in real yes, life, too. Yes, he, he, was... he was part of SANE. He was part of, um, uh, you know, the anti-war and anti-nuclear. Huh. Um, yeah. And, um, and apparently he and John Wayne... Fought uh, during the shooting of the longest uh, day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Ryan, Ryan was a boxing champion. Oh, that was the other thing. He was a boxing champion, and apparently during the shoot, he and Peckinpah almost came to blows until somebody reminded Peckinpah, "This man was a boxing champion in World War II. Yeah, you better <laughs> back back down, Sam. Yeah. So was was he in a boxing film? Why do I remember him in a boxing? Yes, film? Uh, the, the, the setup. setup. Yeah, right. That's yeah. right. From like 48, 49 right. or so. Yeah, and he was also in Caught. Yep. With uh, Barbara Bel Geddes, yep. which yep. is yep. A, a forgotten film that it Max Ophuls did. Yeah, it is. It? That's right. But you're right, John. Never a bad performance. Never, never. never. Even if the movie no. was bad, and he even said it. In yeah. A, in an interview. In an interview towards the end of his life, he says, "Yeah, I think they were celebrating the fact that he had made." I don't know, 65, 70 movies. 70 movies, and all about five or six of them are dogs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's, you know, well, but... Uh, I think, unfortunately, that's true of most movie actors. Most of the movies are guess, not that good. Unless you're a big star, and you right. really have the power to just pick and choose. And he wasn't a big star. No. And it, he it, should have been. And it breaks my heart should've that younger been. actors don't know who he is. Even yeah. the film form did a uh, thing for him a few years ago. Which they rarely do for actors, right? Almost always, and uh, always usually dramatic or directors. But it yeah. was uh, Robert Ryan month, and it was all right, very one, well two. deserved. So and everyone and, came dressed as Claggart. Yeah, but if you haven't seen the Wild Bunch, it's it's totally available. Turner has it all the time. Please see it on the biggest screen possible. If you can, yeah, it's yeah. beautifully photographed by Lucien Lucien Ballard. Ballard, yeah, and I, I love the film and. It's it's not my kind yeah. of movie. Yeah, I'll never understand that one. Yeah, I yep. know. I don't understand it either. <laughs> so interesting. All right. Well, you mentioned Jeff Bridges, and so that is a nice little bridge, as it were, to my number two. Um, you know, it occurred to me that we could do an entire episode or ten about great supporting performances in films that oh, Joel, yeah. that Joel and Ethan Cohen. Uh, have done. I mean, you yeah. know, just, just first of all, you know, John Turturro owning the Big Lebowski, and he's in the film for about four minutes, and that but character. But he's totally memorable. Oh my yeah. God! And also, in, but he's just as memorable in Miller's Crossing. That's right. Uh, and you yeah. know, he's wonderful in that. Um, Michael Lerner and Barton Fink. Um, uh, yeah, he's good in it. I don't particularly care for Barton. It's a tough film. Yeah. Um, uh, Richard Kind in A Serious Man. Uh, Ray Fiennes in Hail Caesar as yep. as Lawrence Lorenz. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Would that it was so. 
John, say it, John, say it with me. Would that it were so. <laughs> Why are you saying it like that? Would that it were so. Another film that I think has a lot of funny parts, but doesn't quite work. Yeah, no, it, know, it's, it, it's, but yeah. The fun... there's definitely moments, but yeah, it doesn't all work. Um, anything Steve Buscemi does, and, you know, I would especially say William Macy in Fargo, because, but, oh. I, that's, but that's almost not us, as you said before about something, Mike, it's not really a support. Supporting role, he's although he was lead. nominated. Yeah, he's kind of the lead but in that. He, but, uh, you're right. But if you think of great Cohen supporting performances you think John Goodman yeah and so and I I, I have to go with John Goodman in The Big Lebowski yeah. because oh. Walter Yay! Sob Walter Sobchak is just one of the <laughs> great creations uh, I, I just don't know where that character some say it was based on John Milius the writer director but my god interesting it's, and it's such an incredibly it, there's nothing he does in that film that is not hilarious and he's great in Raising Arizona and he's the best thing about Barton Fink and I kind of like him as the Cyclops character in uh, Oh Brother Where Art Thou oh yeah and, yeah. yeah I mean I mean, he's he's great in all of their stuff but my goodness man down dude <laughs> Uh, nihilists. Say what you want about the tenets of national socialism, at least it's an ethos. Right. <laughs> They're going to kill that poor girl. I mean, you know, we just go on and on doing Walt. And of course, all the, 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 the Shomer Shabbos stuff is, is just... <laughs> Shomer Shabbos. Walter, you stop living in the past, man. You 3,000 years of beautiful tradition from Moses to Sandy Koufax. You're goddamn right I'm living in the past. <laughs> I mean, it, I don't know where... And, and the funeral where they, where they try toe. to put... Yeah, by three... Th with, with nail polish. There are ways. You don't want to know. But and and the funeral where they try to you know with a coffee can of folder with Donnie's ashes in it and oh, oh, try to God. dump him in the Pacific and it gets all over, dude. It throws and it into the wind. It's Jeff Bridges' film, but it really Walter is the soul of that. And you know John Goodman is another person who has been in a load of terrible films, but I have never seen a performance of his that yeah, I haven't me liked. Yeah, and so of all the many great Coen brothers supporting performances that, you know, including many in that film itself, Steve Buscemi in that film, for example, as Donnie, um, I am the walrus, uh, but there's just so much good there. Uh, John Goodman as Walter Sobchak, uh, converted Jew, and um, excellent bowler, is market zero, Smokey. John, my friend, you're entering a world of pain. A world of okay. pain. I mean, just more memorable yeah. lines per square foot than any. He just, I mean, he steals everything. He really steals that. So my number yeah. two, uh, over many other great Coen Brothers supporting performances, is uh, John Goodman in uh, The Big Lebowski. Well, Johnny? Talk about going to the other end of the spectrum. There you go. I love, that's what we do. So... John Cazale in The Godfather Part Two. I'm glad we mentioned him. 1974, yeah. directed by Francis Ford yeah. Coppola, as Fredo Corleone, the rather hapless and weak older brother to Michael. He can't seem to do anything right. Character I identify with. <laughs> <laughs> Great performance. Cazale lets us see his shame. He aspires to be better, to achieve more, but it makes one bad decision after another. He is the most human and vulnerable member of the Corleone family. Oh boy. Whenever Cazale is on screen, the movie becomes more about family dynamics and dysfunction. There are several moments I love, but, but two that really stay with me is the one when um, at the wake of uh, Other Mother, because Michael and Fredo have not been talking to each other, 
and Michael decides to sort of make amends, although we know what's going yeah, we know on. What's going on. We and know it's just happening. that it's they hug and it's just it's incredibly powerful and it's it's because of John Cazali. It's you see the vulnerability in him. He, he he was only in five five films, films five and all five of them were nominated That's for right. best picture. Right, the right. two Godfathers, Deer Hunter, Dog Day, and what was the, the conversation? And conversation. conversation, sure. That's and right. And he's excellent in, in all, all of them. All five. All five. In fact, he had died by the time Deer Hunter had been released. And uh, and there's the uh, the exchange between the two of them when Michael is uh, trying to get information and. Some of the dialogue between them is the one aspect where he says, taking care of me, you're my kid brother and you take care of me. You ever think about that? You ever once think about that? Send Fredo off to do this, send Fredo off to that, let Fredo take care of some Mickey Mouse nightclub somewhere, send Fredo to pick somebody up at the airport. I'm your older brother, Mike, and I was stepped over. That's the whole character. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. And he wasn't even nominated. No. Mm. Wow. Unbelievable. And they nominated Michael Figasso, who, yeah, which is my one problem. Slight problem with, with that film with yeah. is his performance. Yeah. I mean, yeah. uh, how how they could have nominated him and not John Cazale for that? I'll just I'll never. I understand. do not get it either. I I think he was just taken for granted. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Because I, he did that was the same year he did the conversation. That's true. Yeah. And he's excellent in that, that too. Yep. Dog Day Afternoon. He's and so di- and it's such a different oh, it's part. Great in Dog Day Afternoon. Oh, I, I oh mean, yeah. This is so sad. Yeah. I, I I I. Died of cancer. Yes. Or, yeah. He had cancer. Yep. Yep. Meryl Streep was uh, his yeah. girlfriend. She put her career on hold to literally uh, take care of him. T- take care of him. Wow. All right, John. I'm so glad we, someone mentioned John Cazale. Well, I, I I had that on my honorable mention, but I basically said any of the five films that he made. So, all right. So that's a perfect segue. Let before we get to number ones, let's do our honorable mentions. Okay, I do have Mikey? honorable mentions. Um, and I cheated and had a few uh, ties. Starting with, back to The Godfather, Richard Costellello and John Marley. Mm. Both for that film. They're both great. Both great. And um, Richard Costellello, the only other film I ever saw him in, only other time I think I ever saw him act, was in Lovers and Other Strangers, his one Oscar nomination. Yeah. But um, he's great in it. Marley, oh my God. I mean, you can't... You think of that movie, and I, I know people like my grandmother who barely went to movies, and she would talk about when she went to see The Godfather, and she goes, that horse's head, mm-hmm. <laughs> and that whole scene. And, well, see, he's, and he's, Marley, so, he's so powerful. And Marley makes it work. Yeah, yep, yes. And, and uh, you know, I, I just don't have enough really good things to say. Melvin Douglas. Now, yeah, I know he won two Oscars for HUD and being there. Deserve it. Both of them deserving. This is for a much, much smaller role, and it's for um, uh, Robert Redford's father in The Candidate. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh fantastic. Yes. He's right. on screen for about seven to eight minutes. Yeah. You get the idea of where this person comes from and why his son rejects him. Yeah. Yes. You just see the, the corrupt politician. Right, he's the former governor. He's the right? former right, governor. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know if it was loosely based on Pat Brown or, or what, but it, it's he's so good in it, and it's it's basically two or three scenes. He's hardly yeah. in it, but I cannot I cannot imagine that film being as good as it is without him. Yeah. yeah. Watch out for that branch. <laughs> <laughs> Such a good movie. Can, 
This is a film that I haven't seen in a long time, so I can't say too much about it, but I remember at the age of 10 <laughs> really being affected by it. And this is The Hill, Sunila Metz The Hill, Ozzie oh, yes. Davis. About the, uh, the, the British military. Military, yeah. And Ozzie Davis steals it. And he's wonderful. It's the first time I'd ever seen him. And he's funny, he's forceful. He plays this very, very radical prisoner who just says, basically sticks his finger up at the uh, up at the uh, establishment. He walks around in his underwear. I'll never forget this scene, and I haven't seen it in like in 30 years. I was hoping they were going to uh, show it on Sean Connery Day, but uh, mention him for do the right thing too. I mean, yeah. what, a, what an actor! Oh yeah, no, he yeah. was a great actor. He really was, and he really wasn't recognized the way he should have been. Okay, I have a tie. Two performances from 1966. And that's all they have in common, is that year. Robert Shaw in A Man for All Seasons as Henry VIII. It's my favorite Henry VIII. And I think he's great in it. And frankly, I think his work in it is far more interesting than when he became a star. When he became a star, I enjoyed him. I enjoy him in The Sting. I enjoy him in Jaws. But I think he's far more... Well, and I loved him in From Russia with Love in that small part. Yeah. He was great in that. But but before he became a star, I think he was far more interesting. Also in The Caretaker. No, The Painter. Uh, Yeah. I think that was like, might have been his first film. But when he, you know, what was the thing with Jacqueline Bissett? The Deep. Oh, The Deep, right. But um, anyway, that's a tie. The other one was, as I said, has nothing to do with one and another. Paul Ford. In Fiedler Cook's A Big Hand for the Little Lady. And if you haven't seen that <laughs> oh, film... Which yet, I have never seen. Oh, it's, it's fun. It's on yeah. Turner a lot. It's uh, Joanne Woodward, Henry Fonda, Burgess Meredith, Jason Robards, um, Charles Bickford. I think it's his last movie. Um, and it, it all takes place in, in the West. And Paul Ford is the, the banker who puts up money for a hand, even though he uh, disapproves of um, gambling. And he was a great actor. There's just no doubt about it. I, I yeah. was talking to a friend of mine, an actress, who I was going over my list, and she didn't know who he was. And I go, the mayor and the music man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, him. Oh, him. <laughs> but, a, but a wonderful actor. I even watch the one film he had a leading role in, Rolling when it's on TV, never too late. Right. Not a good play, uh, but he's so wonderful. Yeah, and so funny, and yeah. just so, so great. You know, I, I just I, I I love his little moment, and it's a mad, mad, mad world. Oh God, yeah. <laughs> I've never disliked him in anything, yeah. and yeah. Um, and the fifth one is a movie I don't like, but I think it's a great performance, and that's Sydney Greenstreet in Christmases in Connecticut. I like Christmas. I don't I, love, I like Christmas I in Connecticut. I don't, and I keep trying. I watch it every time, but I realize the reason I watch it when it's on at Christmas and Turner shows it to death. Yes, they do. It's because of him. Yeah. He steals the movie. Yeah. Steals yeah. Stanwick and Dennis Morgan and whoever else is in it. He just steals the movie, and he is, he, as the editor, and he's just... Just brilliant, and another one who didn't have a long career because right. he, he started, he started, he started, started late. late. Yeah, yeah. He, he was a part of um, the Luntz Theater Company, I think. 
And his, Not a bad resume. No, no, no. <laughs> and, <laughs> and his film debut was the Maltese Falcon. Maltese yeah. Falcon, yeah. And, he, and, he was, was, and he was so worried he wasn't good in it. Right. He, was, he thought he was you know, doing bad work. And it was like, oh, no, you're, you're doing pretty good in this. My God, you're a character, sir. <laughs> <laughs> and and um, frankly, anything he's in is worth watching. And never really had a leading role. But, uh, and he only, uh, I guess he died in the early 50s, I think, uh, 53. Yeah, yeah. And what a loss, because, uh, once again, there's somebody who doesn't, who don't know, actors don't know who he is, and I, I find that a shame. Eh, just nuts like us. <sighs> All right, quickly, my, uh, my five, um, my five honorable mentions, Christopher Walken in Catch Me If You Can, which oh, is, which yeah. is, oh, which oh, is a so surprisingly good, good Spiel, late Spielberg film. Uh, uh, you know, his whole thing, two mice fall into a bowl of cream. He keeps giving that, <laughs> that motivational speech. It's so good. I love the movie. I love it. It's yeah. one of my favorite DiCaprio performances, but he He's good just yeah. steals. Everyone's good in it. Walken yeah. just steals. Tom Hanks is great as always, but he just steals it. Um, a couple of possibilities. And another film that I, I, I don't really love, which is Apollo 13, but Ed Harris and Gary Sinise, both of them, are yeah. wonderful yeah. Okay. in those yeah. parts. Yeah. Just sort of the consummate, get-it-done, quietly, yeah. steady, nerves of steel kind of professionalism that mm. I just, you know, and the, the remarkable thing about Apollo 13 is that even though you know how it turns out, you You're know the they're going to be all right yeah. mm-hmm. constantly. And, yeah. and, you know, Ron Howard's best movie, not saying a lot, but um, I would say his, mm. his best, no? Well, the thing about Apollo 13 that really got me upset was uh, Ron Howard's tending to depoliticize. Oh, the there's street. that. Yeah. That whole thing about nobody was paying attention um, to what was happening with Apollo 13 because the Beatles broke up. No. no. It was because we were going into Cambodia and four right. people had been shot yeah. in um, Kent, State. Kent, State. Kent State. I yeah. really, really yeah, the dis- country was in great turmoil. Yes, but it wasn't because the Beatles broke up. Yeah. And, and it's it just like... You know, it was to me... Not joking. <laughs> well, I, but, but they, so that's my, that's what I re- I mean. I remember enjoying Apollo thirteen, but uh, I, I actually I, I think Ron Howard's best movie was the thing about the racers. That was out some time ago. I can't. Remember. Oh, about the Formula One racer. Yeah, yeah, uh, I like that movie. Yeah, that was okay. Yeah. I like that. Um, my no- uh, third one is uh, an obvious one, an iconic performance that was not really paid attention to, and that's Robert Duvall in uh, Apocalypse Now. Oh, who's, oh God. Yeah. Who, right, oh, who's yeah. in the film for, what, five, six, seven minutes and completely owns yeah. it. Yeah. That smell, that gasoline mm-hmm. smell, you know, God, boy, yeah. does he, you know, yeah. in one... Colonel Kilgore. Co- right, Kilgore, and just completely in that... Embodies the insanity of Vietnam in that yep. one very yeah. small performance. Yeah. Um, great, great performance. He then, was nominated for that. Oh, he yeah. was nominated. Yes, okay. he was. He Good. lost he it should. to Melvin Douglas. All right, for fair, being there. fair enough. Yeah. No, it's um, a very memorable small part. Next, one of the great scripts ever, you know, written as far as I'm, I'm very 80s, 90s, and, and 21st century heavy. I noticed is Vincent Gardenia in uh, Moonstruck. Oh, oh God, right. yes. Yeah. And and could you know it could have been Danny Aiello. Yes. It could have been John Mahoney. Yes. Uh, it could have even been Fedor Chaliapin who plays the father. Right. You know. Oh yeah. <laughs> I, I love. I lo- totally Old man. love that exactly. movie. <laughs> My goodness. Yeah. What a script. And Vincent and Gardenia was nominated for that. Good. But he, sh- but he, he lost it to Sean Connery. Cosmo, you're gonna die anyway. Oh. Thank you, Rose. 
<laughs> just just I, lovely. I think it's one of the great romantic comedies. Yep. And Ab- Norman Jewison's best film. Absolutely. And uh, uh, sh- I'm okay. going to share, as, as a child of the 80s, I have to share it between... Uh, Wallace Shawn and Mandy Patinkin and Andre the Giant for and all the and Chris Sarandon and Chris Guest and all the great supporting performances in Princess Bride. Okay, now because, don't, don't, don't start punching. What? <laughs> I don't like that movie. Mike, oh my God. Okay, that's it. Podcast over. We're done. <laughs> Sorry, I, I'm you, in the, I know you, I'm in the minority. <laughs> no, you're in the like zero already. I've never met anyone who doesn't love Princess Bride. I do not love Princess Bride. Wow. I haven't seen it in a long time, so I'm, I'm not even going to comment. But those so characters are so iconic. I mean, a lot of it is Goldman's writing, but and and a good job of directing by Reiner. But um, my my good, uh, they're all great. But I'm just and Wallace Shawn as a good actor. But he's but in that part, it's his, I think it's his best performance, which isn't saying much. <laughs> and I Wallace, Wallace Shawn was always Wallace Shawn. And because of his advice, I have never gotten involved in a land war in Asia because he tells you that's the classic blunder. And you so were, I will not do that. And you were thinking about it too. I, exactly. And I never go into <laughs> with, with a Sicilian when death is on the line. It's so, it's it's per, all those performances for the film are pitch perfect. I have to say I don't remember it much because, like John, I only saw it when it came out, and I just didn't like it. So. Try it again. It is you know for for folks my age and and a little bit younger. It is it is classic. So I'm going to go with Manny Patinkin and just have to say hello. My name is Inigo Montoya. You killed my father. Prepare to die. John, your honorable mentions. <laughs> okay, Charles Boyer in Barefoot in the Park. Charles Boyer was always, Another I think, underestimated. a rather underestimated actor. Yeah. He was always excellent. And I remember the first time I saw Barefoot in the Park. Not a great movie. Charming. Whenever I saw him, I was just like, when is he coming back? It's just, he just imbues that character with so much life. Did you ever see, uh, this was his, the second to last film he made, uh, a movie by Aline René called Stravinsky. Yeah, sure. With Jean-Paul Bomano, 74. Yeah. He won the New York Film Critics Award, and he's excellent in it. Yeah. And it's, it's, he was always good. And always. Um, it, was, it wasn't a widely seen movie, but it was like, when I saw that, I was, oh my God, he really is a good actor. Because yeah. I'd only seen him at that point up at, like comedies like Barefoot in the Park. Right, right. But, uh, yeah, and, and also I think comic performances are always sort of neglected, which is why I also am mentioning Charles Durning and To Be or Not to Be. Absolutely. Absolutely. He's great He's great in it. And another, uh, Charles Durning's another actor who's never, ever gave a bad performance. Nope, never. Always good. Even in and, The Best Little Whorehouse in Texas, a yeah. movie I don't like. Terrible yeah. movie. He's yep. wonderful in it. Yep, and another great comic performance that... No one else could have ever done as Joey Brown in Some Like It Hot. Oh, I mean, there is nobody else that ever could have played that part. Zowie! I mean, it's just, it's just over with. Going to the other end of the spectrum, Tom Courtney and Doctor Shivago. Yes, yeah. he's just best thing about that. So film. yeah, he's yes. so excellent, so intense. He's such a good actor. And my well, last, my last honorable mention, and I was thinking about putting this in my top five, but you could argue it's really a lead role, and that's Dana Andrews in the Best Years of Our Lives. Oh he boy! Quite, uh, another vastly yeah. underestimated. Yeah, because and, and it's an unusual performance for that time because he allows himself to be so vulnerable. Mm-hmm. He and was it's a, a really it's really the most interesting character in the movie. I agree. Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. He was a better actor than uh, 
people gave. If he hadn't done yeah. anything but lore, I would have loved him. But well, yeah. Or uh, and Ball of Fire. He's wonderful in Ball of Fire yes, in that right. comic as the bad guy in Joe uh, right. Lilac. In uh, that's another yeah. one I love. But yeah, so really, I'm I'm glad we're mentioning these names. To lot we're digging up a lot of stuff that folks may not know. The thing is, too, I I, I when doing this, I was like, well, I can't. If I do that, I can't do this. If I do that, I can't do this. If I, if I gotta choose somewhere, because I mean, there must be like a hundred other people we can mention. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I came up with a, over a hundred, <laughs> <laughs> and I had to limit them, you know, reduce them. Um, all right, which brings us to our number <coughs> one, Mikey. Kick, oh, mm-hmm. kick it off, yeah. Okay, before I say my number one, if I had to give an all-time Oscar for the best performance by an actor in a supporting role, I would give it to Claude Rains and Notorious. Yes, and, and, we're, and we're, we're, all, we're all in agreement. We're all sort of in agreement. And the only reason we're not, we did a, I think it's episode 22, we mm-hmm. did specifically on Hitchcock's uh, yeah. villains, and Claude Rains and Notorious gets it. So it's understood that that's yes. way up at the top. Too. Yes. Okay, but my number one supporting performance is Sir Ralph Richardson in The Heiress. Hmm. Uh, William Wyler, 1949. Um, Richardson is my favorite of the Brit actors of the so-called, there was like a gang of three, I don't know if they called it with, Olivier, Gilgood, and him. To me, he outshined both of them. Oh, yeah. Especially Olivier, who uh, I I, I find a little bit... I loved his Polaroid commercials in the 70s. (laughs) He was very good in the Polaroid. He was great in the jazz singer. And Liv Ullman did good (laughs) Polaroid commercials, too. Olivier sometimes was rather superficial. Sometimes it was superficial. Sometimes he was, was good. good. Yeah, Richardson, I never saw give a bad performance, and he rarely did I mean, leading roles. Right. Um, uh, one of them, of course, is Long Day's Journey Tonight, which I guess well, I'd seen him in Doctor Shivago earlier, and a very very campy movie called Women of Straw with Sean Connery and Gina Lola Brigida, which is on Turner occasionally. It's mm, worth watching. Don't know it. Yeah. Um, anyway, he made fifty three films. Theatrical films from 1933 to 1984, which was the last film was Grey Stoke, The Legend of Tarzan, which he got nominated posthumously and won the New York Film Critics Award. But The Heiress, I, I, whenever that movie comes on, I watch it, and I realize it's because of him that I watch it. Now, I happen to think that Olivia de Havilland is great in it. I, I think uh, Montgomery Cliff is very good. Miriam Hopkins, yeah. <laughs> not a fan of yours. Sorry, Miriam, not a fan of yours. Judgy, but effective. <laughs> not. Don't pull any punches now. <laughs> but I've seen the play three times on Broadway. Once with Richard Kiley doing that role opposite Jane Alexander. Once with Philip Bosco doing it opposite Sherry Jones. And once with David Strahatton opposite uh, Jessica Chastain. A few years ago. And they all choose to play this part of this dominating, manipulative father as evil, as macho. Mm, yeah. Richardson takes the opposite tack. And I don't know if this was uh, Weiler uh, directing him to, to do it. Because the, the film is, is, I think, superior to the play. Like The Best Man, it's shorter. And I, I, I do like the film a lot. I, I, it's, it's actually my, one of my two or three best uh, Weiler films. But he plays this part of his dominating father with, precise, with true precision. 
and you know he's he's not a good person but never for a million years would you think that he would know that he's not a good person oh yeah interesting yeah he doesn't nice. play it with yeah. it he plays it uh when when he lashes out at his daughter and says you know you're basically worthless except you broidered neatly yeah he's honest he's honest yeah. and it's brutally honest and it's brutal and it's just it's such a wonderful performance and that same year and I found out he did it afterwards he played the part on stage in London after he shot the film he played it opposite uh, Peggy Ashcroft and if I could rent Mr. Peabody's Wayback Machine, <laughs> I would have loved to have uh, seen that, that production at the Haymarket Theater. Uh, Basil Rathbone originated the role, and frankly, I can't see that. I could, I could see Basil Rathbone playing it like the others. Yeah, Look, evil, evil. Evil. Heavy-handed. But not Richardson. And... and um, God, he was such a great actor, and I'm yeah. privileged to have seen him on stage twice. I, I just love that man. I, I remember reading uh, when they were making the movie, mm -hmm. and uh, the part, if you haven't seen the movie, you're not going to know what I'm talking about, but I know you know what I'm talking about, is when he comes in, there's one, one shot where he's coming into the, the house, yep. goes to hang up his hat and coat, and Wyler had him do it over several times, and Clift was watching, and every, he did like several takes, and Cliff was just incredibly impressed by him because every time he did it, he did it differently, and every single one was great work. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. All right. Uh, so if you have, uh, Turner to... shows it all the time. If you haven't seen it, it's, it, I know it's available on streaming. I think it's Olivia de Havilland's best performance. I agree with that, and, yes. And um, it, it's a really, really solid movie. And, even though it won four Oscars, including for De Havilland and Aaron Copeland's score, it was not a successful film financially. I read that in the David well, Thompson Yeah, I can. Book. I it can was not a hit. I can see why. Yeah. 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 It was not. Uh, it, it was especially much, in what in the late forties. Yeah, nineteen forty-nine. Yeah. It was not. Uh, knocking for. Uh, it was for not well thought of from audience. Prestige literary adaptation. It's what yeah, it was. Exactly. It was a prestige film, but yeah, it's, yeah. it's without it's, any sex. Yeah, but it's so, it's <laughs> no, so good, and it's not lightened up. There's no false happy ending, which yeah. I'm sure the studios would have wanted. Yeah, it's it's really a powerful, wonderful film. Yeah, and, Montgomery Cliff wins the lottery and takes her away. Yeah, <laughs> and and Rich, and that's another difference between the film and the plays. In the plays, you know from the minute he steps on stage that he's he's no a phony. Good. Yeah. yeah, you don't in the film. Yeah, the yeah film that's, makes that's it one more, of the things I really like about the movie. You're the not, film you're not makes really it more, sure. much more ambiguous. So, everybody out there, if you haven't seen the Eras, please do. Please, please watch it. Yep. All right, I'm go. I'm going same period, but you know, I've kind of wandered back and forth between, um, you know way out there performances like John Goodman's and, you know, very quiet performances like John Hawks's. This is kind of in the middle, but I, I run a virtual film society and we've been doing a series on Noir 1.0 and the film we began with was Double Indemnity. And I, you know, it, it's a given now that Edward G. Robinson could do absolutely anything. 
going back to Little Caesar and through, you know, a career from Little Caesar through the Cincinnati Kid, for God's sakes. And, yeah. you know, not a particularly attractive guy, to say the least, but could play leads, could play supporting, could do anything. And, his, and could play comedy. Yes, and did. Larceny and, Incorporated, one of the funniest. His yeah. performance in... It, this is the first time watching Double Indemnity uh, that I really realized that Double Indemnity is a love story, except the love story is not between Walter and Phyllis. No. It's between yeah. Walter and Keyes. Yes. Yeah. And his performance as Keyes is just so pitch perfect, and so it just pulls me into the film every time. Those great monologues, you know, when they think it's a suicide, and he goes yeah. on this, you know, two-minute monologue about... Yeah. You've never looked at an actuarial table, have you? Yeah. And, uh, you know, he... Just technically a great performance, totally believable, and I always, this time through, I got the sense that Walter does what he does. He says at the beginning, you know, I did it for the dame and I did it for the money. Well, I didn't get the dame and I didn't get the money. You know, not a pretty picture. I don't think so. Yeah. I'm convinced that he does it because he wants to see if he can outthink. Yeah. 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 And... You know, he's not Barbara Stanwyck and he's not Frederick McMurray. But the ending when uh, he, when Fred McMurray is, is bleeding out by the elevator and he says, you know why you couldn't figure this one, Keys? Because it was right across your desk. And when Edward G. says, closer than that, Walter. Yeah. Uh, uh, and yeah. the last line of the movie is Walter has said to him several times, the Wilder's repeating lines, I love you too. Yeah. And it is it is my alt. It's a little showy sometimes. No, but but I, I disagree. It, it is my, well, I I, 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 I think with a lesser actor, some of the, some of the writing, some of the, like you referred to him as speeches, would have been boring. Yes, but but the yeah. acting makes it. Yeah. So my my number one, and I could watch it once a week or a couple of times a week and just watch it for him <laughs> is Edward G. Robinson yeah. as Keys in oh, he's uh, the best, Double Indemnity. By far, by far the best thing in the movie. Oh yeah. yeah. Although it's actually my favorite Barbara Stanwyck performance, I think she's wonderful. Well, and I don't always, I don't always like her. I know you I'm like both. I'm a sugar puss O'Shea yeah, kind of guy. I yes. prefer <laughs> in Double Indemnity. Yeah, I like Bolivar too. But, yeah. uh, but uh, sadly, about uh, Robinson, and I have to say that was on my original list. And when I saw you had had it, I said, "Oh, great, good. I can cross that off because I think it's a great performance too." Never was nominated for an Oscar. Unbelievable. Yeah. Oh, perfect. But, I'm glad I put him first then. But he got an honorary Oscar, and this is a really sad story. It was announced that he would be getting an honorary Oscar, and then he died before mm. the ceremony. I, figured, I guess he had a heart attack. Where I wasn't sure I it was know. cancer or heart attack. I know Soylent Green was released posthumously. Which he's wonderful in. Yeah, he was wonderful in everything. everything. I've never seen an Edward G. Robinson performance where I thought... Oh, he's not right for this. And then, Ever. while I was watching, trying to choose films, I watched Scarlet Street again for its last oh, film. Oh, wonderful! Yeah. And he's the lead in that, you yeah. know, and he's incredible in that too. It's and a completely different part than Keys. I mean, couldn't yeah. imagine a more different part. I, I don't understand. There's the, never even nominated. I, you know what? Never right. nominated. The title doesn't come to me right now, but he did a comedy for John Ford with Gene Arthur, where he plays two roles. He plays a gangster and this sort of like meek office worker. But oh, I've I, seen it. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know that was John Ford. I, I think it's a John oh, wow. Ford movie, yeah, he, who decided to venture out into something. I was like, I'm going to have to look it up. Glad to look it up. We need our fact checker back. Yeah. Johnny, take us home. What's your number one? Ah, 
Claude Rains in Casablanca, 1943, directed by Michael Curtiz as Captain Louis Renault, the corrupt prefect of police. Witty, urbane, womanizer, seemingly unscrupulous, but surprising. As he says, I have no conviction. If that's what you mean, I blow with the wind, and the prevailing wind happens to be from Vichy. From Vichy. <laughs> Casablanca just would not be Casablanca without the superb Claude Rains. He's constantly, effortlessly charming. Talk about an actor stealing a movie. Claude Rains puts this you in his bet. pocket and takes it home with you him. You bet. And there are a lot of other good supporting Peter Laurie yeah. and, oh, and Sidney Greenstreet and everyone. Conrad Veidt and yeah. uh, God, everybody is yeah. great. Everybody in that. And from the Marcel Dalio. Dalio's in it, yeah. yeah. And uh, Cuddles uh, Zackel no, and you know no, all God, those guys. All uh, uh, but you're totally right. Claude Rains could do anything. Yep. 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 He, the only other actor I've seen who had that range in terms of leads and small character parts was um, Philip Seymour Hoffman. Could do yes. that too. Mm. Could show up in a film for a few minutes and steal it and yep. also play an, a lead and, yeah. and make that work too. Yeah. Yeah. That yep. was a loss. All right, we are, at, we are at the end. We have climbed the summit. So and unfortunately, sad to report, my friends, that we have a, a, a long necrology. So I'll try to go quickly. <laughs> Be brief. But but stop me if you want to say anything about any of these people. Go, Mikey, go. We start off with the great Ed Asner, 91. Sure. Best known for his role of Lou Grant in the Mary Tyler Moore Show and Lou Grant. He won seven Emmys. Yeah. Appeared in, over four, in 406 film and TV roles. His movie roles include Up and Elf. And he was president of the Screen Actors Guild from 1981 to 1985. I hate spunk. <laughs> <laughs> a, little, I hate a little sidebar to this. Jay Sandridge, who directed most of the Mary Tyler Moore episodes, also passed away at 89. Mm-hmm. Most of his work was in television, but he did direct a single film, Seems Like Old Times, with Chevy Chase, Goldie Hawn, and oh, Charles yeah, Grohl. That was his only right? movie. Yeah. Yeah. Mikas Theorakis. Greek composer, hmm. yes. wrote scores for Z, Status Siege, oh. Electra, The Trojan Women, Serpico, and most famously, Sorba the Greek. Ah, all right. He was imprisoned for much of the late 60s and early 70s by the Greek government. In fact, he wrote the score to Z while he was in prison. Wow. Yeah. I did not and know he, uh, you And we could do a whole podcast just on his life. It was, wow. it was just fascinating, but we have so many people to... <laughs> Jean-Paul Bamondo. Oh, boogie. Yes. <laughs> Great French actor known for Breathless. You bet. Which I just recently saw at a new 4K. Did you like it any better? A little bit, right, but I still good. don't think it's a great movie. But I think he's very, very good. We'll have to fight that out sometime. The Man from Rio, The Thief of Paris, Mississippi Mermaid. For Truffaut, yeah. Pierre Lefou, and oh. uh, what we were talking about earlier, uh, Stravinsky. Yeah, right. Uh, Boyer. I love him in Pierre Lefou. Yeah. Also. Really, really, face that you can't forget, you know. Michael K. Williams, 54. Now, he's best oh, known for playing Omar in The Wire. Wire. But the films that he did included Life During Wartime, 12 Years a Slave, Inherit Vice, Ghostbusters, the 2016 remake. And he also appeared in Boardwalk Empire. Yeah, he was great in it. Yeah. Oh, what a terrible loss Yeah, that was. really, really sad. Michael Constantine. Sure, character actor. 94, TV and film actor. Most famous role was for the, fa- was it the father in my big, fat, 
Greek wedding. Windex. <laughs> Other film roles were um, The Hustler, Voyage of the Dam, The Reavers, If It's Tuesday, It Must Be Belgian, uh, Don't Drink the Water. And I remember him as a kid watching him. I think he got an Emmy Award for Room 222. Mm. Yes. Um, Karen Valentine, where are you? Right. <laughs> Casey Moore. Made her film debut in Charles Burnett's Killer of Sheep. Oh, right, The yeah. Wife. Oh, mm-hmm. my God, she's so good in that. Right, right. I and didn't she, even know that she passed away. Yeah. And also, she also appeared in Bless Their Little Hearts, which was, was that also Burnett? I don't think it was Burnett. Okay. No. Jane Powell. Oh. Actress best known for musical comedies. The most famous were, of course, Royal Wedding. Sure. And Seven Brides for Seven Brothers. She also appeared extensively on TV and stage. And I have a tiny tiny little bit about her. About 12, 13 years ago, she appeared in an off-Broadway play just around the corner on 15th Street, the Century Theater, called, um, oh, now I can't remember the name, but it was by Bill C. Davis. It was about gay weddings. And she appeared as the conservative Catholic mother of um, one of the uh, people who wanted to get married. And she comes out in both scenes in these really coffered gowns or whatever, these stylish things. And I'm thinking, what the hell? This has <laughs> nothing to do with the part she's playing. And then I looked at the program and it said, wardrobe by Christian Dior or something. And I'm convinced the only reason she did that play, because off-Broadway, you don't make a lot of money. Right, yeah. We're for the clothes. For the Dior clothes. <laughs> I could think of worse reasons. But, uh, you know, she packed them in the seats. Every little old lady was there with me. Jane Powell, classic. Nino Castellunovo, am I pronouncing? Uh, Castellunovo. Yeah. From uh, Cherbourg. The umbrellas of Cherbourg, 84, and that's his best Gee. known. Norm MacDonald, 61, comedian. Did he do any film work? Yes, he did a little. He, did, he was in uh, Billy Madison, oh. Funny People, Grown Ups. Those were the only three theater, uh, theatrical movies. Willie Garson, 57, character actor. He was best known for his role as Stanford Blatch in Sex and the City. And that included both Sex and the City 1 and 2 of the, the films. Movies. I didn't see yep. the second one. Here's a biggie. Melvin Van Peebles. Oh, my. 89, oh director, my. writer, actor. Considered the godfather of black cinema. His most famous film is Sweet, Sweet Back, Badass Song. song. Uh, Other films included The Story of a Three-Day Pass, which I just saw a few months ago. Well, Criterion literally just released a box, this week released a box set of his films. Ah, well, I really, really like The Story of a Three-Day Pass. Yeah, and Watermelon Man. And Watermelon Man is his other biggie. Uh, really, I've never seen, have you ever seen Sweet, Sweet Back? Oh my God, yes. I remember trying to get into it when it came out. I think I was in Minneapolis and they would let me in. Yeah, <laughs> it was no, one of the few times I couldn't get no, into a and movie. He, I was uh, still a teenager. And he was yeah, he was supposed uh, to direct Shaft. That's right. And yeah. uh, and you know, but he was he saw, did things his own way. I got to meet him once. Oh he yeah. Came to speak at a school I was teaching at, and it, I just I was so tongue tied. I was like, "Sweet Sweet Back was amazing," <laughs> you know, or something stupid like that. And he was like, "Thank you." Roger Michel, British film and theater director. His most famous film was Notting Hill. Other films included Venus with Peter O'Toole, Morning Glory with Harrison Ford, Changing Lanes, Persuasion, Tea with the Dames, lovely documentary. It's on Hulu with uh, Dames, Joan Plowright, uh, 
Maggie Smith, Judy Dench, oh, yeah. and Eileen yeah. Adkins. Yes, Lovely yes, little yeah. movie. And he's got one coming out called The Duke. It's a comedy about a taxi driver played by Jim Broadbent who steals yeah. a Goya painting, The Duke, from the National Gallery in, 19, <laughs> in 1961. I've got to see that one. Yeah. <laughs> I love Jim. We yeah. love Jim Broadbent. And he found another great supporting yeah. actor. Uh, yeah. And I saw a trailer for it, and it looked very, very funny. Tommy Kirk, 79, child and teen actor. Oh, Lassie. Best known for it, you know, Old Yella. Old Yella, right. Old Yella, and he was, was very, very good in that. <laughs> yeah. Also appeared in Disney's Sweet Family Robin, Swiss Family Robinson, The Absent-Minded Professor, Son of Flubber, Babes in Toyland, The Monkey's Uncle, The Shaggy Dog, Bon Voyage. He was removed from his Disney contract because he was gay. And no was, Oh, yeah, apparently... He was found at 21 kissing a 15-year-old in some pool or something. Oh, I heard he was kissing Mickey. Yeah, maybe. He appeared in several beach movies, such as Pajama Party, before essentially leaving the business. And um, apparently had You're a bad man, John. Martin. And then apparently did a lot of autograph signings, and he lived a relatively happy life. Cynthia Harris, 87, stage and TV actress, best known for playing Paul Reisner's mother, in Mad About You. In Mad About You, sure, yeah. yeah, yeah. Her film debut was in Isadora with Vanessa Redgrave in 1968. Also appeared in the films Up the Sandbox, Three Men and a Baby, Tempest, the Paul Mazursky version, <laughs> Ruben Ruben. She was nominated for a BAFTA award for playing Wallace Simpson opposite Edward Fox in um, Edward and Mrs. Simpson. In the oh, oh, that's right, I remember. Yeah, she was very good in that. Yeah. Ruthie Thompson, 111. What? Disney animator. She worked wow. on every Disney film from Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs in 1937 to The Rescuers in 1977. Wow. She's, uh, I know she was instrumental in, uh, I think, The Nose and or The, the Broom in um, Fantasia. Wow. She, she, her, look up her obituary in the Times. It was fascinating because huh. I didn't know anything about it. Yeah, and... and I think she was the only... Only female, yeah. yeah. She wow. was. Fascinating. Yeah. Disney was not known for his uh, no. liberalism. No, <laughs> hardly. Uh, Leslie Brickus, 90. Screenwriter, composer, lyricist. He won Oscars... Allegedly. ...for the song <laughs> Talk to the Animals. <laughs> you had to mention it. <laughs> That's no, what he won the Oscar I for. know. Dr. Doodle. of the Dead. And lyrics uh, for um, Victor Victoria, which he did with, uh, with the music with uh, Henry Mancini. He wrote the music and the screenplay for Scrooge and songs for Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. And so you have to separate your sorrow and collect up all the cream for yep. Leslie Brickers. <laughs> Sorry, I can't stand those songs. I know people... I, people don't, might... I like the songs in Scrooge, as I mentioned before. Right. I like... I hate people, and thank it's you. It's Mike's theme song, by the way. And thank you very much, which was the last song of the film. I, I, I think Scrooge is a very underrated film. It is. I know. I agree. And you wrote the screenplay. And you know, I was six when Willy Wonka came out, so I saw it when it came out, and I, you know, I was kind of taken by it. But God, I was sixteen and I wasn't. To me, the Bricus Newley stuff just Ooh. defines cheesiness. Oh. It, it, it is. Yeah, Josh, I would, you and I, I would agree. It totally is cheesiness agree. embodied. All right. Um, okay. No, I'm not. Done. Oh no, we're not done. Wait, wait. There's more. Uh, the sun's starting to rise. <laughs> Halia Hutchins, the cinematographer, who was killed. Oh, by, by Alec Baldwin. Baldwin. That's right. Uh, her films Ugh. included uh, *Snowbound*, *I Am Normal*, uh, *The Mad uh, Hatter*, 
and a blind fire. Yeah, she was on her way up. Yep, and she was shot dead accidentally by Baldwin when a prop weapon misfired on the set of Rustin. And <coughs> finally, died today, Peter Scolari. No, yes, really? 66 of cancer. Oh, uh, I loved him in Bosom Buddies. Yeah, everybody yeah. loved him in Bosom Buddies, and he was wonderful in New Heart. In the New Heart, yeah. yeah. And his films included That Thing You Do and Polar Express, and he won an Emmy Award for playing um, the father in Girls, uh, Lena Dunham's father. Oh, yeah. wow. No, wonderful actor. Oh, wonderful. Too, too young, too young. Yeah, yeah, I know, that's my age. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so there you have it, my friends, and um, we are, listen, it, it's, yeah, no, I know, it, it, it's, it's, listen, it's a good time when, you know, when there's a Wes Anderson film out today, and uh, I don't know if you guys, have you seen the trailer for Licorice Pizza yet? I can't, yes, yes, I can't wait. And, yeah. and PT's got, a, we got both Andersons within a couple I of months. I will be there on the first day unless there's a SAG screening earlier, I right. can't so wait. Right, so whatever bad is going on, life is good. So speaking of life being good, so is our website, and we want you to check it out and to encourage uh, said attention. Uh, John has established uh, our our recent feature, uh, name the quote. John, what's our, well, first of all, what was our quote from last time? Ah, I looked for you in the closet. That is from Blue Velvet. It sure is. Isabella Rossellini to Kyle MacLachlan. And, and, and our quote for this week? Okay. You bastard. Yes, sir. In my case, an accident of birth. But you, you're a self-made man. Ooh, there it is, folks. All right, so if you think you know what movie that's from, write in, let us know, and we'll let you know on the website. That's www.vintagesand.com, of course. Um, as I mentioned, for our November episode, we are going to do the same thing we did today, but with supporting actress performances that we loved and we think were badly overlooked. Um, this was a marathon, guys. Great yeah. job. Uh, I was, it was, it was fun, it was, I no, can talk about acting forever. No, and it was great because for me, it was really because, again, I always approach from director, and I, I learned a ton this episode. I learned more in this episode than in any one we've done because you guys are the acting guys, and there, there are performances, films. I have a bunch of stuff to watch now, so I hope everyone at home feels the same way. So I say, as I always say at this point, that Vintage Sand podcast available on Spotify, on SoundCloud, and on Apple Podcasts is, in fact, a five nines and a four production. We want to thank Melissa for her technical production help, uh, Mama Sue for the haul, uh, Gabby for the cool ass logo, and uh, please check out the website again. Leave us your feedback, supporting actresses next time, and until then, may your favorite films always be streaming.